Media. How are you doing, everybody? The Chet Calvick Podcast Network. Prepare to be amazed. Prepare to laugh. Prepare to be offended. Go f*** yourself. But most of all, prepare to be entertained. Chet Kopic, Jeff Vegas. This is Unscripted and In Your Face. Put your hands together. Back we are once again. Thank you very much, studio audience. Once again, we uh, join you right here on uh, Undisputed and In Your Face, otherwise known as Unscripted and In Your Face. I've got my tag team partner, the incomparable... Pride and joy of WIND Radio, Mr. Uh, Jeff Big Pink Hello. Pinker. Getting littler, Pinkus. Chester. Uh, I, I am amazed. I mean, all of a sudden, your stomach, which at one time looked like the Rocky Mountains, <laughs> now looks like uh, Little zits. Uh, a bodega <laughs> in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah, down 40, maybe 42. Who knows? And uh, yours truly, uh, Chet Coppock, yes, the godfather of Sports Talk Radio, and we are brought to you by our marvelous friends. Put that mm. in bold type. At American Taxi, all right, Pinker. You know the obvious thing right now. We're so talk excited. About, Everybody's uh, in a great mood this the morning. Blackhawks in Philadelphia last night, and Chris Pronger coming out on double runners and putting forth maybe the worst big game performance I have ever seen a hockey player put forth. But I want to go back a few days. Let's go. Blackhawks are in Philadelphia, and I happen to turn on Channel Two Six O'clock News, and here is Ryan Baker mm-hmm. along with uh, weekend anchor Megan Mawicki, and they're in Philadelphia, yes. and they're. You know, by that uh, joint where Rocky ran up the uh, ran up the steps, yeah. and they're doing the same bit. Only, only Baker stops halfway and has a Philly cheesesteak, and it is the worst, least funny bit I have ever seen in my life. What's she doing? And well, you know, she she ran because she's actually a very good athlete. She's a former mm-hmm. Illinois State high school tennis champion. She's a very good athlete. Okay, but I mean, the the piece told you nothing about the game. Mm-hmm. The piece told you. Nothing at all about what you wanted to know about Chris Pronger or Jonathan Taves. It was it was Megan and Ryan saying, Dick and Jane, let's be funny, and it completely sucked. Okay. So he, Rob Johnson, the anchor, yes. when he when he came out of the piece, the yeah. look on he his does a face, good job. The look on his face was like oh my God. what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and this is not to patronize you, but TV, radio TV misses uh, people like you. I mean they got there's one good sports anchor in this town. Please, and, uh, please. Patronizing. No, 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 it's true. It's, it's very true. It's Mark Greco. I mean, sports in this town has really gone down to nothing. And this is the third largest market in the country. It's really not done well. And I'm not just saying it to say it. You know, back in the day when you had Tim Weigel, may he rest in peace, and you had... Um, Johnny. Johnny Morris was great. Well, what you had at the time was competition. Competition. It was cut and now there's there's uh, I don't uh, there's 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 nobody on. And who who's uh, who's on channel I don't know who's on channel five. Who's on channel five? Paula uh, Ferris. They've got Paula Ferris and uh, a young kid named Darren. I think is that right, Lovey? Daryl Hawks. D- Daryl. Hawks. And Hawks. let me be chauvinistic, and I'm sure our females will hate this. I think women reporting sports sucks. I really do. <laughs> no, I do. I really. Intru- and I don't mean. I, I mean that sincerely. And I, I lo- listen. And I think women are should do. Should well, do if you get a babe like Hannah Storm, who really knows the game, fine and dandy. All right, there's exceptions to every rule, but I really mean that because they're just they don't. I don't like female sideline reporters. I, I don't like it. I don't like that. I know she does a nice job. I don't like Sarah. Whatever it's Kustak. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. So tell me how you felt about. They just they don't come across. I don't mean because they're females. They just don't. I know, it's, I know it's not the, the right thing, the political thing to say. That's why it's unpolitical and in your face. They don't come across. Uh, as long as we're on the uh, the broadcast theme. They don't come, uh, do you, you really can... think they come across, all, in generally speaking? No, Seriously. No, I don't. And I it, mean that. More often than not, when I see when I see a, a girl at a National Football League game interview a coach at halftime, 
the question she poses will inevitably seem like it's a question she's been thinking about for 72 hours. Like, I'll give you an example. Again, I wouldn't buy a house from from a male. Because I think females really understand homes, and they understand decorating, and they understand the things you need to do. Because, basically speaking, that's that's very interesting. No, I'm very okay, and I wouldn't pretty much. I wouldn't not wouldn't I say never, but I probably probably wouldn't buy a car from a gal. I again, I'm not saying because I think women do certain things a whole lot better. I think men do things a whole lot better, and this is my point about the sports. I don't think women do a good job reporting sports. They might do a good job reporting here. Let's use Amy Jacobson, but to me, the best reporter in Chicago. Because women have a way of getting in with you and getting the story and getting them on your side. So, again, not to knock the male reporter, I think the female reporter is probably even better. Here, here is Amy's legacy right now. I mean, if heaven forbid Amy, you know, was hit by a car mm-hmm. or collapsed of a heart attack today, what's her legacy? Good. She was a gonzo reporter. She was Hunter S. Thompson. She was unbelievable. With a skirt. She Now she's on that Drew Peterson case, which, interestingly enough, you were at the uh, game last night. I was at this uh, 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 call Havana Day Dreaming event. You know who was there? <laughs> Joel, Joel Brodsky. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And he goes, I know you, Pinker. You, I remember you. You're the guy that insulted Drew Peterson on the show. I said, do you know what your client is? He's a real putz. Because here's what. there's no way in the world the guy should be in jail on a $20 million bond. But if he didn't open his effing mouth to the to everybody and become friends with Man Cow and, and, and have a great time and make jokes about it, if he would have stayed low-key, it probably would have gone away. And it would have gone away because they had nothing on him. I said, couldn't you put a muzzle on that guy? And he said, no, well, what no. are you going to do? He said, no, I couldn't. It's like trying to put a muzzle on Vince McMahon. Yeah, he's, uh, he can't do it. Yeah, so, so that's why he's in the crapper on a $20 million bond, and, and he's going to go in. Hey, the Blago's trial's starting this week. What do you think? You think I, I, have the, I have the over-under. Of on what? Blago, on Blago jail time. All right, I'm going to go with under 10. Well, oh, I think you're way high. I have the OU at uh, 3.5 years. Really? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing little bits and pieces hanging around the East Bank Club, talking to various attorneys. And by the way, a little name-dropping, I saw Walter Jacobson and uh, Alexi Giannoulis earlier today. Oh, he's a super guy. Just Both super I, guys. Just as I spilled my oatmeal on my shirt. <laughs> uh, Are they the over-under? The over-under, I think, because I, I have a feeling the government's case is not going to hold water in certain areas. I have the over-under at 3.5 really? years, and I'm inclined to bet the under. No, I'd bet the over on that. I'd bet the over on that. Seven to ten years. Yeah. Actually, I think if he's smart, but he's such a goofball, I think he should do the James Lasky thing. Lasky knew he was going in. He was facing nine years. He cut a deal 14 months, out in seven or eight, and now he's on WG. He's too egomaniacal. I agree with you. Too egomaniacal. I agree with you. In fact, I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that his attorneys have probably said, Rod, listen. Yeah, we need to we cut can, a deal. We, we can go to the feds right now. We can we can talk to Fitzpatrick, who's the prosecutor for the Northern District. And if we give him if we give him three years with five years probation, a $100,000 fine. He'll uh, take it. you got no problems. Then, you know what you do after you get out of the joint, Rod? You write your book. Right, and you do speaking tours. Exactly. That's true. That's what you do. And, and, you, and you, talk about, you talk about criminal reform. Right, and you talk about how much you hated the corned beef hash at Leavenworth. No, he could. He, well, one thing I got to <laughs> give him credit for he 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 is uh, he doesn't he is industrious. Whether you love him or you hate him, he'll come out ahead at the end of the game. He will. He'll come out ahead of the, way ahead of the game. All right. All right. Uh, here is something that uh, I think we should debate. Uh, Louis Lazar wrote about this in the Chicago Sun Times. Right, what did he say? Have you seen the uh, the brand new commercial where uh, Hugh Hefner talks to Hugh Hefner about uh, Stolich and I? Yes. It's not cool, and I'll tell you what the problem is. In your opinion, it's not cool. It's, it's, well, it's just not cool, and here's the reason why. Hello, 
Hef is 80 years old. You're trying to I sell, think he's more than 80. You, you're, you're trying to sell Stoli to 21-year-old drinkers. Good point. 22-year-old what drinkers. What did he say? They Pizzo. don't Lewis. even know who Hugh Hefner is. That's true. But Playboy is not a young man's magazine anymore. What, what did Hugh uh, Lewis Bazaar say? Uh, naked Truth, Hef, uh, Ad Bad, he's, uh, he's a lousy actor in Stoli's spot. All right, so he gave him a shot. Yeah, I mean, he, he, so gave he didn't a, think he it was gave, a good really job. He gave him a pretty good shot, yeah. I, you know, Hef. Hey, by the way, uh, we uh, should only live our life like Hef. You, oh, tell me about it. Oh, man. Well, one of my great honors. I think it was a greater thrill to go in the Playboy Mansion in Chicago when Hef was there than it was to go into Yankee Stadium. Well, give me a little background. Is it everything they say is true with chicks and everything? You can do. You yeah, can, chicks in the grotto and the, and the pool and the and, pool tables and, and the movie theater and, and a lot of everything sex was and circular a lot of fun and, and uh, you know everything was circular. Every, every, yeah, were every, you circular? Every, you were circular <laughs> at that time in my life. I was so far out to lunch. Yeah. So, so what does I mean? Are people? Well, but I'll, be, I'm, I'm, I'll keep it clean. Are people stooping like right in front of you in the ground? No, 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 not no, at all. Not no. at all. In fact, uh, uh, I remember one of the guys I was there with was a football player named Lance Rensel. I remember him. He used and, to play for the Cowboys. Wasn't yeah. he a Fagola? No, no, no. He uh, Lance Allworth, one of the he, guys. He had the misfortune to expose himself. Oh, that's, oh excuse he me. He's himself. not gay. He just likes <laughs> to play Mr. Johnson out in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wasn't so, he married to Joey Heatherton? He was married to Joey Heatherton. Yeah, remembers. Yeah, yeah, good. Way to go. That's she, five points on your she side. She was hot. Panker, I've got something here. That oh, yeah, just, that's just out. Yeah, here we go. Well, no, first of all, hey. Every week. Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> yeah. Flamboyant. Outrageous. Yeah. Big ego. Yeah. Classic quote guy. Yeah. White Sox is going to honor him with his own night, Tuesday night. Great. I'm going to go out Good. out of respect for Hawk, because okay. I regard Hawk as a friend. He gave me a great chapter for my book, Fat Guys Should Be Dancing at Halftime. Mm-hmm. If, if Hawk Harrelson retired today, yes. you tell me what you think his legacy is. I don't know. I don't think he's any good. I don't. I can't take him. You know who I do love, though, and speaking of, and he didn't say it, so I'm not going to put words in his mouth, because it wouldn't be fair. Last night at this event, I saw Steve Stone, and Steve Stone was a, is a real, real diplomat. I said, "How do you like?" <laughs> oh. Well, no, listen to me. He was very nice. I go, "How do you like broadcasting White Sox?" He said, "Pinker, let me just put it to you this way: Base, Chicago's a great baseball town, and I love baseball. And if you can't broadcast the Cubs, uh, you broadcast the White Sox." Literal That's what he said. Literal translation. That's what he said. I am so hoping the Ricketts family will fire Jim Hendry and dial my number so that I can be general manager of the Chicago Cubs. I agree. Because, quite frankly, Hawk and I have not found chemistry in the booth uh, yet, nor will we ever find and chemistry in the booth. And it's funny you just said that. And, 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 and I use that exact word about Harry, because I don't listen. He had, the first time I met him, I said, you and Harry had great chemistry. Not only that, what I want to give you a compliment on, and, and, and we had a nice conversation, was your respect for Harry. As many times as he botched his words, as many times as he screwed up, you know, and he just smiled. So you never once corrected him. You showed him respect in a fun way, and you guys had some fabulous chemistry. And that's when he said you can't buy or make, or he didn't say a thing bad about Hawks. I'm not going to sit here and act like a, you know, like, you know, a play kiss and tell. He did not say anything bad, but he go just exactly what he said. I love baseball, and if you can't be broadcasting the Cubs, <laughs> I, you, White Sox is great baseball. And I said to ask him this, and and, and 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 for the fans out there to appreciate this, I said, is it a lot harder when the teams aren't good? He said, it's three times as hard. And that's nice to hear. You know it, but it's nice to hear it from the horse's mouth. He was very transparent. He said it's because you have to be entertaining, or more entertaining. So See, that's what uh, that's what people really don't get about uh, about broadcasting Major League Baseball. I mean, yeah, charter flights, first-class hotels, 
big time per diem, big time salary. But you find yourself, and you're in June, and you realize you got three and a half months to go. It's how, and you got a ball club. You got a ball club that's on a on a bad trip. Right. You got a ball club that's going on going absolutely nowhere on a one way ticket to Palookaville. People who think it's not work to get there four hours in front of the ball game. Right. Talk to the manager. Go through all the rigmarole. Deal with the sponsors, and then you've got you know you got wonderful things like twilight doubleheaders in August, rain delays, the whole nine yards. It becomes hard work. Uh, how would you seriously? How would you like to um, to uh, be a broadcaster for the uh, for Washington or some of these really crap teams that are always in the basement? That aren't drawing. That aren't drawing. They're what? Uh, that, 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 that aren't, aren't drawing. That aren't drawing atop it, so there's no fans. Which, which you know, part of what I think you know, Stony misses right now uh, over on the south side is. I mean, the White Sox had 27,000 on Sunday. 27,000 fans now. All right, that doesn't sound all that bad, but hello, the ballpark holds 40,000. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day. Right. Kids are no longer in school. There should be at least 38,000 people in the ballpark. There is no, there is no vibrancy in that ballpark at all. At least, hey, at least at Cubs Park, win, lose, or annihilate. There's a buzz. You know. People have been slopping it up at Bernie's, the Cubby Bear, right. Goose Island, right. uh, Murphy's, uh, whatever. It's a party atmosphere. At the it's Cubs. a party atmosphere. So the crowd's already half, you know, half stiff by the time the uh, the first pitch is thrown. And they're stiff before they even start the first inning. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I know some fans who arrive at Cubs Park in the third inning and think they're arriving fashionably early. <laughs> yeah, they did. All right, what do you have for me here? All right, here we go. This is this is this is so this is classic. This is so absurd. Oh, by the uh, way, nice, nice. Cheryl show. Lavin. Yes, go ahead. Who, by the way, is writing at? Uh, well, I think this is out of the Sun Times. It really matters. B- buddy, now. she writes for the Sun. Out of the Sun Times. It's not out of the Daily Herald. Now, now check this out, dear dear Cheryl, dear Doctor Pinker, and Doctor Chester. Oh. Dr. I have a friend who recently adopted a nudist lifestyle. Oh. He posted a sign next to his doorbell advising people not to ring the bell if the sight of a nude person will shock or offend them, and that they acknowledge by ringing the bell that they may witness nudity. I remember seeing a story about a man who was arrested for indecent exposure as a result of a complaint from someone who saw him naked through the windows of his own house. As a result, I'm trying to convince my friend that he may have some legal troubles if he answers his door naked. He claims... He's protected because of the warning sign. What do you think? Sign on his penis. He's signed, warning sign. Signed, concerned friend who's afraid it's all going to hang out. People, where do these people come, come from? from? Uh, I, I say, <laughs> what people think we're nuts. I know. Well, you know what? First of all, have you seen yourself naked lately? I mean, really. I mean, come on. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, and you know what? And you know what? I, I like it better because I've dropped. I dropped thirty-four pounds. You look good. You do. You look. I took good. a bunch of I took a bunch of Bermuda shorts over to uh, uh, my gal Flower at <laughs> <laughs> my cleaning shop to have them altered. Does she have them on or off you? At the same, what are you wearing? Are you wearing the shirts? Uh, shorts? Lose no more weight. No, lose no more weight. All right. Well, who gives? But a I but I still want to drop twenty-five more pounds. Uh, yeah, you're looking good, and uh, I don't want to drop a lot more. Now, but what? Who cares? What you know? What I here's what I say. Here's here's seriously what I say. You can do what you want to do in your own house. That's how I feel. Now I don't think it's very proper to answer the door naked. That's pretty stupid. Quite, it's pretty stupid. And I'm the most improper person in the world. Hi, UPS. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty stupid. Okay, so that's now you're carrying a little bit too far. But you know, if 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 this babe really wants to help this guy out, why not walk over to his house and say, you know what? Here, here's a business card for a psychiatrist. (laughs) 
Yeah, and he only charges twenty five cr- bucks an hour. They're crazier. Have you ever been a psychiatrist? Oh, oh who hasn't been? Can to a I tell you a fast, 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 this true story? Psychiatrist. Even Levy's been to a psychiatrist. Back in two thousand and four, <laughs> my wife said to me, "You know, our marriage it's in trouble. Uh, it's in trouble. If you don't get some help, um, you know, it, 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 it can it can be over." And I was somewhat. I don't know if this ever happened to you. I hit like a wall. I was really depressed. So she made me go to. Oh this, no, that's never happened to me. Yeah. So she made me go to a psychiatrist, a, a, a counselor. So I went to the counselor like twice, and I thought, this is bull. Come on, Ernie, and I write two checks for $90. And I come home, and my wife says, how was it? Oh, you know, I lied. Lying's a great thing. Oh, it was wonderful. It was great. She would, of course, you give her the typical talk about my childhood, about my father, you know, the typical nonsense uh, that everybody has their there. own baggage, right? Right. So then I said to myself, you know what? I'm never going back. But here's what I did. And my wife doesn't listen to our podcast, so I think I'm okay here. And if not, screw it. It was six years ago. So what I did was I'd go every morning, every, every was, I think it was Tuesday or Thursday, I would leave and I would hang out at the Starbucks for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> and then I would read the paper, the Trib and the Times, have my coffee, schmooze with some people, and then, you know, come home. All right, and then she said, "How was it, honey?" Ah, you know, I was upset today, and I was crying, and ooh, and, you know, it was it was it was awesome. It was great. And then she felt sorry for me. It was a great day. So I did that like for about eight or nine months, and I said, "You know what? I think I'm getting ahead now. So I really don't want to keep blowing the the ninety bucks a week." So and, and because Which, by the way, is a cheap rate. It was at the time. So and because I take care of the the checkbook most of the time, she wasn't looking for checks not clearing for you know ninety bucks a week. It was awesome. So I would you know it was great. So, honey, if you're listening, the therapy was well, awesome. Well, at to wrap it up, to wrap it up, <laughs> with my living girlfriend back in 2007, who's now in Houston. Yeah, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. She thought she, loves she you. thought we should go see a marriage counselor. You're not even married, and we aren't even married. So we we go see this marriage counselor, and he's uh, he's got an office at uh, uh, on Wabash right. in this beautiful condominium right by uh, a deuce right an by hour? Where, where Trump Tower is now. He was a deuce, an deuce hour. figure. So we we go we go and we sit there and we Suzanne talks and then I talk and the shrink goes. Uh, I think you both have to learn to respect each other's uh. space. I said, pal, that is the stupidest comment I have ever heard in my life. I'm out of here. I said, I said, what's the tab? Because I'm blowing this joint. <laughs> I'm serious. I believe you. And and Suzanne walked out, and she said, Phew, I feel better already. Don't you? <laughs> well, you only go to therapy for women. All right, well, that, that wraps it up because we're a little golden. All right, gang, uh, that takes care of this edition of uh, Unscripted in Your Face. We thank our uh, good friend, Mr. Dan Levy. The pinker is the pinker. They don't make them like the pinker anymore. No, they don't. Thank the good Lord. I'm Copic. They go. broke the mold. We should go for therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of it. Can Let's you go. imagine? Let's you go to group just, therapy. Just together. one time. That would be a podcast for a year. It's worth $200. Think about it for a second. All right, this is my podcast partner. Join us. And we're not getting along. Join us. It may happen <laughs> next time right here on Unscripted In Your Face. Brought to you by... Chicagoland's premier suburban taxi service. It just doesn't get any better than American Taxi. American Taxi rocks American Taxi rolls. We're out of here. So long, everybody. See ya.